Hi, and welcome back to A Talk of Success, our podcast um, coming through from SBDC here at Brookdale, covering both Monmouth and Ocean County. And today's podcast, um, it relates to something special that's coming up next week, and it's actually National Small Business Week. And National Small Business Week, I have to inform you that something that came up 50 years ago with the President of the United States who issued a proclamation um, regarding National Small Business Week, which recognized the critical contribution of America's entrepreneurs and small business owners. So that being said, I want to step back a moment and introduce myself. My name is Jacqueline Mejias-Fuertes. I am honored to be the Director of the Small Business Development Center at Brookdale Community College, and as I said before, covering both Monmouth and Ocean County. So National Small Business Week is upon us, and as such, our center always picks an event to have during that week, not only to recognize small businesses, but to educate. We realize the importance of educating those that are looking to do something for themselves, and part of that is being an entrepreneur. And I've mentioned before, I am an entrepreneur. I'm an intrapreneur, which means that I take the entrepreneurial mindset and I bring it into organizations to help them think differently, to think about being innovative and what changes could we make for the greater good, not just for ourselves. So that being said, today I'm extremely excited because I have two phenomenal guests. Not only will they be here, and I want you to know that while our conversation here will end for us today, it continues on Monday, May 6th at our Foodiepreneur event. And I'll let you know a little bit more about that as we go on. But what I want to do now is I want to introduce our two phenomenal guests, which will be on our panel on Monday. So to my left, we have Chef Meg from B2 Bistro, and I'm so honored to have met her and have her be part of the panel because she has so much to share regarding being a chef. Who knew that it's a male-dominated field, right? And then to my right, I have Deb Smith. Deb Smith and I have known each other for quite some time, and another woman, entrepreneurial at that, and very involved in the food service industry, especially in the fact that she's actually written a cookbook, Mm -hmm. right? So they're going to share that. So now I do want to turn my attention to Chef Meg, because I do want her to introduce herself and for her to tell us a little bit about herself. Good morning. Um, As she said before, I'm Meg Lamana, executive chef and owner of B2 Bistro in Point Pleasant Beach. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, Today, I guess we're just going to be talking about different struggles that we go through starting a business and, you know, exciting little tidbits that we can share to make the process easier for everybody. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. And Deb? Um, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Deb Smith. I am the owner of um, Foxtrot Media, which is a marketing agency. Um, we actually, one of our clients is B2 Bistro. We love working with B2 Bistro. Um, I also uh, am the founder and owner of a blog called jerseybites.com, which is in its 12th year. We are over a decade old, and we cover food news in New Jersey, um, which has kind of entrenched me into the, the food world. Um, and it 
was on a complete whim. I had no plan at all. Um, and then out of that came my cookbook, which is the Jersey Shore Cookbook, which is a collection of 50 recipes from 50 different restaurants from Keyport to Cape May. Very cool. Interesting enough, I'm listening to our voices with my headset, and I'm going, we have sultry voice. And what did <laughs> Meg say? Raspy voice? I, my, I, I guess I come in between something. <laughs> I call it my Demi Moore voice. <laughs> I'm still a little raspy from the crazy service we had in Easter. Yes. So fantastic. Well, thank you, ladies, for being here with us, especially to talk about our upcoming Foodiepreneur event, but more so to talk about success. Success... I view it as an individual thing. It's not something that you rate yourself against someone else. And as entrepreneurs, you know, how did we get there? And what do we call success for us? So part of this podcast is really not just about the interview process, but it's more of a conversation. And how do we share the challenges um, that we encountered, how we overcame them? You know, how do we see ourselves being a success. You know, I always say when I had my direct marketing company, the fact that I ran it for eight years, that was my success. The fact I got it off the ground and going and that I had it for as long as I did, to me, that was a level of success. But truly the success came in what it could do for me in my personal life. It allowed me to stay home and be there with my kids. So that being said, you know, I'm always asking, so what got you started in the business? I know Deb, you were saying, you know, you fell into it accidentally. So why don't you share a little bit more about that with our audiences? I Well, I had been a stay-at-home mom working from home. I started my business when my son was born, so I've been working from home for 21 years. And I did that by design. I wanted to be home with my children. So the Internet was brand new, and that was my opportunity to, you know, create something online. And um, so I had a business then that I actually sold in 2011. It was not in the food business, but it taught me how to use all of the tools that were available. So in 2007, I love to cook, I love food, and I love New Jersey. So I said, well, I'll just throw a blog up there, and it'll just be a place where I keep my recipes. No big deal. Um, And little did I know that it would turn into what it is today and just people would come out of the woodwork wanting to contribute, wanting to write for it, wanting to be a part of it. So I think part of my feeling of success are the people and the experiences that I've had over the last 12 years. It's just been just such a gratifying, you know, life changing move that I made on that one whim on a Sunday when I decided to throw up a blog, you know. And that blog was? JerseyBites.com. Okay, yes. good. Because they do follow it. In I'm different glad. Parts I'm of glad. social media people, out there. Uh, people say to me, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. I'm like, thank you. I've been doing it for 12 <laughs> years. <laughs> so it's nice. I want you to know you're being followed and you're being thank heard. Thank you. Thank you. Please, everybody, follow me on social media. <laughs> and Chef Meg, for you. Uh, for me, I, I think mm-hmm. um, how I first got started into this, I actually went away to Ryder University when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And I did not like real college at all. It was just <laughs> not for me. Um, I don't know if I just wasn't ready to go away or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, but it did not work out. I ended up coming home, and every night I would cook dinner for my family. And my mom was like, if you like cooking so much, why don't you just go to culinary school? Look into culinary schools. So I didn't want to go away again. I uh, looked into local culinary schools, and I stumbled upon the um, CEC, Culinary Education Center in Asbury Park. I enrolled in there, and um, I fell in love with learning about different cuisines, different techniques, just making myself better every day. And I graduated. I worked at uh, different restaurants in the Jersey Shore. 
in 2012, I believe it was, we opened uh, 709, uh, my family. And I was there for two and a half years. And then I, I really wanted to elevate myself and work in a major city. So I ended up relocating to Miami. So you finally did move away. Yeah, I did. It, it took she a little, was ready then. I she guess was I was a late then. bloomer, Deb. Yeah. Thanks for calling me out on that. Late <laughs> so, to launch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess You so. launched anyway. That's right. all that counts. Like a rocket in the sky. <laughs> And uh, I was in Miami for four years. Mm -hmm. I got to work under some amazing chefs. I got to work uh, for a triple five-star uh, hotel group, the Mandarin Oriental. So to, for me, that was that's my success. My story is my success. The time that I took to invest in myself and to hone my craft and to really learn every station. And I think that's the best advice I could give young cooks is don't rush your career. Don't, don't rush your education. You need that time to, to put in and to really, really hone all your skills. There's nothing worse than being in a position before you're ready for it. And it's important. It's important to move around and work under really good chefs. So that's that's my idea. Of <laughs> and then when you see the full restaurant every night. Yeah. That has well, to, that, that that has has to, to feel good. That helps. Sales always help. Now you made the right move, yeah. which is um, key, um, Chef Make. And... You know, points that you made there was educating yourself, which is what the Small Business Development Center is all about. While we don't tend to educate you in the industry per se, we do tend to educate you in business management and operations because so many people do go into a field without having that skill set and that knowledge and make the worst decisions ever. And yet Absolutely. the idea was great, you know, coming up with the restaurant, the type of restaurant, because I mean, who doesn't, I have to say, I do not cook. Anyone who knows <laughs> me knows, I, but boy, can I eat. So <laughs> You're you know, the favorite client. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the one going out to eat. Right. People who so, eat are the best people. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. I am one of those best people. But, you know, bringing it back to education and taking the time to educate yourself, you know, it, it for me, it's about when clients come in and they're like, but I want this done yesterday. And I'm, there's a process to this. It's not just right. jumping in and diving in. I mean, you mentioned, Deb, that it took you 12 years. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. There's a great quote that I always ha hung on to for the first, the, uh, and I can't remember, I think it was Tony Robbins said that mm -hmm. entrepreneurs over, um, uh, what's the word? I'm, like, I'm terrible. I'm not Tony Robbins, obviously. Um, <laughs> they 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 overemphasize or they they expect that they will achieve more at one year, and they under expect. I'm totally not remembering the words, but they don't understand that it takes. But by ten years, you can accomplish quite a bit. I totally, totally just destroyed that quote. Sorry, Tony Robbins. Tony, I'm signing up for disclaimer. Your, I'm signing up for you. It's a disclaimer. It'll come to me after this. Okay, I know. I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, we we expect that we're going to achieve so much so fast, and mm -hmm. it really takes time. But you can achieve quite a lot in just ten years, and that's mm -hmm. like my book came out in the eighth year. Mm -hmm. And and it took me that long to, right. to get well known and to get trusted enough that a publisher would want to you know contract me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it just takes a while. You have to be patient. Mm -hmm. Right, which is key. Thank you for that mm -hmm. word, patience. <laughs> Whenever you I needed it, class, when I was yeah. just trying to explain that. 
<laughs> no, whenever I give a class, I'm always saying, okay, you need to be patient. Nothing happens overnight. You need to educate yourself. And some entrepreneurs, I understand that we have that drive and we want to see it, you know, yesterday, but it doesn't work that way. So I appreciate that and you bringing that out to the forefront that you do have to be patient. You do have to educate yourself in order to move yourself forward. And with that, um, come some sacrifices along the line. And when, you know, we all have them. What is it that you sacrifice to get, you know, your dream going, to get you where you are today? So which one of you ladies want to take that one first? I can, because I'm thinking of when I was writing my book, I, I literally wrote my book on every weekend for three months. So time for me is always the sacrifice. I don't get the luxury of going and hanging out at the beach or, you know, laying in my pool, whatever it is, I, you know, I have a goal and it's important to me. And so I'm sacrificing my weekends. And it was, it was well worth it because the next summer I was on book tour and I was, I was on, you know, QVC and television in New York and meeting all kinds of people all over the state and outside of the state. So the payoff was real and, and it was worth the sacrifice. Thanks. I mean, from a, from a general standpoint, two, two kind of things um, really come to mind when it comes to sacrifice for me. Generally speaking, just being in the restaurant industry alone, there's so much sacrifice when it comes to time. As Deb said, um, you're working nights, you're working weekends, Holidays. you work every holiday. I mean, I have to remember to call my family just to be like, hi, I love you, I'm alive, you're alive, okay, good, let's check back in a week. Um, so yeah, time is definitely one big sacrifice. Um, another thing that people probably don't realize in the restaurant industry is financial sacrifice. The amount of sacrifice that I, I made working as a line cook financially. I mean, I was at an executive Sioux level salaried when I moved to Miami and I took on line cook positions because I wanted to learn about Peruvian cuisine. You know, I wanted to learn about Argentinian cuisine. So I took a huge financial cut in order to invest in myself and invest in my future. Yeah. And Great I mean, point. if had I not done that, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm grateful that I did that. But those were some rough four years. Yeah. It was not easy. But we wouldn't have your ceviche. Oh, you look at that. Have. Oh, <laughs> So it was well worth it for people like me. Yes. <laughs> that you sacrificed. For myself as well. Yeah, I, I right. can't stress yeah. that enough. I mean, but there's dark days where you're like, what am I doing? Is this really, right. is this going right. to be worth it? Is the payoff going to be worth it? But if you stick with it, you keep your eye on the prize, you work hard, it is have worth faith. it. Have yep. faith. It is worth it. And I have to add to that, that as entrepreneurs, it's one of the things you ladies hit on two good points, time and um, financials behind it, because it does take finance to get a business off the ground. You know, no matter who you are, no matter who's going to invest in your business, you still have to come up with some finances, whether you're taking a pay cut, you know, you really have to look at your finances and how that's going to impact you. And as far as time, you know, nothing, again, happens overnight and taking looking at time and saying, what am I giving up in order for this to happen? For me, I equate that to the passion. I said, you better have the passion because of all the time and effort it's going to take you to accomplish that and if you don't have that passion I said when the finances are not coming in when you're getting off the ground and money is not flying in right. as you expected it knowing that I have a passion for this I'm doing this because it's a purpose uh, or it's a purpose it's my purpose for being here on this universe and this is why I'm doing it so absolutely great points that you both um, made here uh, so 
when we're looking moving forward, we know, okay, we have time, we made sacrifices, um, we did what we had to do to get there. Um, I feel we all tend to make mistakes along the way. No. <laughs> I know, right? How dare I? Have I have no idea How what you're talking dare about. I? <laughs> um, but, you know, there, I, I'm a firm believer that you learn from your mistakes and it's what you do with them. So on that level, you know, can you share any story regarding mistakes that you made that you're like, wow, I wish I could have a do-over? Mm-hmm. You know, I have a few of those. Um, I don't regret anything I've ever done, but I could definitely sit there going, oh, I could have used a couple of do-overs here. Oh, I got a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So remember when Groupon was like oh, yeah, huge, thing. you know, yeah. and there was also, there were a couple other big major competitors in that Groupon Phase and I thought, oh, that's a th- something I would really like to get into. So I just sold my other business. I had this this chunk of change that I was had at my you know at my disposal, and so I I dove in and I bought a, a product that I was gonna you know it's gonna be tied into the food bank and for every deal that you it was a great idea. <laughs> it was called three it was called three square deals okay. like three square meals, and um, so <laughs> restaurants and that kind of thing would have you know you, you do the Groupon deal and. And then a portion of that would go, well, it, I caught the wave of the Groupon phase as it was cresting and going <laughs> under. And it just was, you know, it was one of those things where, you, you know, it, you may think it's a good idea, but vet it a little more. Like, think about it. Don't jump in so quickly um, and spend all your money. So, <laughs> but then here's the lesson. So the lesson is that that next time I get I see a shiny thing and that I want to you know take on mm-hmm. to do a little more vetting and then also don't let it just destroy you. Like okay, that failed, move on. Which is key. Right. I always say, what did I get out of it? And you know, I turn around going, okay, God, did I learn my lesson? Can I move on now? So it's not always the if case. If anybody wants to buy the URL <laughs> three square deals. <laughs> It's for sale? It's for sale. (laughs) So that's me. It's always learning a lesson. I said, did I learn the lesson um, yet? Or do I still have some place to go with it? So Chef Meg. I don't know how I beat beat the whole group on story. I mean, it's a tough competitor. Um, Don't be sad that you don't have a failure story that can't compare. No, I mean... As you said before, I really don't have any regrets. Um, Mm -hmm. I did end up opening a small cafe in Miami um, a couple years ago, about three years ago. It was called The Garden at GVP. It was actually in the condominium uh, building that we were living in. And just looking back now, I I have so many partners and and mentors within B2B Show that kind of guide me through the, the process of owning a business and, you know, you know, the financial aspect of it. I wish before I opened that cafe that I had factored in, I need, maybe I should take a business course. Maybe I should get to know more about, you know, the money side of things before just rushing in and thinking that food is everything because you can make the most delicious food in the world. But if you don't know how to market yourself, you know, which you don't have, if you don't know how to price it, yeah, right. right? You know? Yeah. I mean the pricing, it wasn't so much that it was just, you know, knowing how to compare, knowing how to shop with purveyors, knowing how to compare different uh, distributors, you know, things of that nature that I'm well versed on now, but looking back, I had no idea back then. 
it's funny when you get to look back and see. Right. Wow, I should have done that a little differently. I think that's what a lot of restaurateurs or, you know, chefs do is that they come in with the passion for cooking, mm-hmm. but it's a business. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to know all the types of, you know, negotiating yeah. with, with vendors. and You couldn't be more right. Yeah. yeah. How, what What's it going to cost if that piece of machinery breaks down, which it will. Absolutely. You know, all and of those things. A lot of chefs have the creative aspect and they don't have the business component. And, you know, at the end of the day, you hope that you can master both and have a successful business. And it's, that's a, it has to be a really hard thing. I mean, yeah. you, you guys have your managing partners and, you know, other people that can take on the repair because you've got, you know. You, yeah, you've I'm got a very quick, hands-on so. chef. I mean, I'm on the line. Right. Just to even be here today, I had to find coverage in the kitchen. Um, I'm on saute every weekend. So it's, it's definitely not like I can be punching in numbers. You know, right. I'm not that white collar chef. I'm but, very much still cooking. And for us, that's where the SBDC comes in. I mean, for us living by the Jersey shores and because we cover Monmouth and Ocean County, we make it a point to really create an event for those that are involved in the food service industry. And that we've in the past we've had, and we have videos up on our website on MOSBDC.com. If you want to take a look regarding the experts that we've had come in to talk on the food service industry mm-hmm. just because we know that it's specific to that industry but you still have to receive the education in order to know am I pricing it right you know how much is this actually costing me how much am I paying for the space how many times do I have to turn my tables over right. you know we mm-hmm. sit down we work with individuals and their business plans and when I say that they look at me like what and I said yeah how do you think you're going to make the money yes to have you know your guests coming in but how long can you afford them to sit there before you need to turn the right. table over and it depends on how many tables you have so all that the math behind it because I think that's where and interesting enough I would have to say you guys have to measure food and the whole thing so it should kind of equate to you know figuring out the money part as well but that's from my perspective and every time I think of food because I am not into preparing food doesn't mean I don't know how to cook my mother did teach me how to cook so I'll clarify (laughs) that but it's a matter of Looking at it and saying, wow, you guys went through all of this to prepare this meal meal for me. How great. You know, I'm going to sit here and eat it and enjoy it. But all that it takes in order for you to get that out there. And then you have the front of the house and service issues. And, you know. So that's a whole different aspect. You're absolutely <laughs> right. right. Um, uh, looking at it and saying, you know, it's not just about the food because the experience is what I learned yes. from the experts that have come through the SBDC who talk about 100%. the experience. You can have a food. wonderful plate of food, but if, you know, you had a rude waitress or you had people that are ignoring you or, you know, all of those things right. agitate the customer and then they end up leaving a bad review, which is then when I have to step in. <laughs> And have cleaned it up a little. That's actually something they taught us in culinary school, that service, um, when it comes to the importance of a guest returning, is, you know... Equally as as more more important. More important than the food experience. Mm -hmm. Because they'll never forget the way that they were... The way that they felt when they were waited on. Right. Or not waited on. Yeah. Or left, you know... Lack thereof. Um, So, yeah, it's an interesting point that you bring up. Yeah, I think Maya Angelou said it. You know, people will always remember not what you say to them, but how they were treated. Something to that effect. You're so much better at quotes than I am. (laughs) I was going to say, that doesn't mean it's a direct quote. This is just a paraphrasing of the quote. It's a loose paraphrase, (laughs) if you will. Of the quote here. But that that is what it comes down to, and it's about the experience. And 
going back a few years um, when we did have uh, expert consultant come in and he was talking with our restauranteurs, one in particular, um, and it's Danny from Danny Steakhouse. And he said, you know what? I've been because he's been in business since 1969, I think. And he goes, you know what? I totally forgot about the experience. Mm. And he goes, because I've been doing this for so long that his mindset has shifted. And it just, he goes, thank you for bringing it back to the forefront. Mm. That he said, you're you're absolutely right. You know, what are people paying for? It's not just for that plate right. or that meal that they're getting, but the experience and how critical that is for the success of anyone in the yeah. food service um, industry. So as we keep on moving along, I always love tidbits because, of course, our podcast, Talk of Success, it's really about putting some... Um, action items out there for individuals who are interested in the food service industry because that is what we're relating to right now but also for us is has to do with entrepreneurship um, through the small business development center you know what items would you recommend and an explanation as to why this is the professor and me coming out you should <laughs> have to see my students last last night they were like really you're gonna make me present so yes and i need to know why so <laughs> that's just me but it's something that i always feel i love anything that we do we always have action items mm -hmm. and it's something that i want whether it's the viewer the participant the attendee to take at least one item away saying that was worth it for me to sit down and listen to that. Right. It was worth it for me to participate. So from your experiences, you know, if you could come up with at least three would be nice. If not, I'll take whatever you give. <laughs> All right. So I'll let Meg think and I'll... <laughs> I can go no. first, then. You go, you go. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> So I can think. I mean, from a restaurant, restaurant perspective, it's so important to actually immerse yourself in a kitchen if you're thinking about becoming a chef or opening a restaurant. You need to know all aspects of it. So a lot of people will have this idea, oh, I want to open a restaurant, I want to open a little breakfast place. You have absolutely no idea what it's going to be like is. when 17 omelets come in at once, how you're going to execute that, how you're going to train your cooks. Um, so first, you need to get yourself into a kitchen. Second, you need to find yourself a mentor. Uh, it's so important to find a chef that you want to emulate, that kind of inspires you and you know brings out the chef that you want to be, you know, at one day. So those are my two uh, tidbits right out the How gate. How about culinary school? I mean, I, culinary school is wonderful. I'm a strong advocate for it. Uh, education is always important in, in my book. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but getting into a real kitchen is Im yeah. more important. Yeah, it's kind of like they then you decide, oh, I like this or I don't like exactly. this. Exactly. And then you go to culinary so, school. So, yeah, if you want to start a business... <clears throat> Get yourself into a kitchen because mm -hmm. it's not what you think it is. It truly isn't. Um, and you just, they glamorify it so much. Right, That's right, even right. a word now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people just, they, they, all these Food Network shows, they make it look so glamorous and it's not. Right. You're it's 107 degrees in that kitchen yeah. and you're sweating over And you're on your feet for hours. Yeah. Oh, 12 hour shifts at least in the summertime, especially right. at the Jersey Shore. So. Get into a kitchen and see if that's actually for you because it takes a very special type of person to do what we do. Yeah. And and also, you know, it doesn't have – you don't have to be a chef in a kitchen and a restaurant to be in the food industry and to be a chef. You know, you could work no. for a caterer. You could work for – you know, you could be a private chef. You could. But, you know, if, if, they, if they still love cooking but they decide a restaurant kitchen is not for me, what – I mean, I maybe look into it, being an instructor – 
Isn't it what they say? Those who can't do teach. <laughs> right. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> it is a quote. I know, it is right? a quote. I, I know, but I've done it. But, no, right. I've done it, and I bring the experience to the table. So, right, right. <laughs> no, but there, there's a need for teachers. No, as and there's well. cooking. There's like you know, like the kind of the party cooking schools, you know, where people come and exactly. you know those kind of things. There's other like there's other. For instance, like I love to cook, but I knew I wouldn't be cut out for a kitchen. Right. So I write about it, and I develop recipes, and I have a cookbook and you know all of those things there's definitely ways to be involved in the industry without being a a cook or a chef however if you want to be a chef there is no way there's no way around it right right there's no there's no cutting no shortcuts (laughs) there's no shortcut there's no oh i'm not going to learn saute or i'm not going to learn grill no you need to know all of that right 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 you're cool. I mean, and I know that with um, programs coming up, both at OCC, Ocean County College, where we will be holding our foodie panure, um coming up on Monday, and at Brookdale Community College, both of them have culinary yes. um, institutes mm-hmm. right? You know, um, that could definitely, if that is a passion, along with hospitality. You know, both of them offer hospitality um, degrees at this point. Yeah. So it is something that if that is a passion and that's the way you want to go, you know, you hit on three great points that I am going to reiterate here for Chef Meg, and then I'm going to go to Deb, which was um, mentorship. I think in any field that you go into, mentorship is key. You want to be a success, find yourself a good mentor, but especially in the food service industry. And I love the way you said, get in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that one for me. But, um, <laughs> There's no other way around it. It's baptism by fire. <laughs> you know, for us, on-the-job training. And, you mm-hmm. know, you're not going to know what it entails until you're in there. So it definitely applies to the food service um, industry and education being key. You know, you need the foundation. Where do you get the foundation from? Education. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting enough, some people want to bypass that stuff, and I'm like, really? How does that work? Right. You know, and then you want to come back and ask a thousand and one questions, whereas if you had obtained the education, you could move right on along and you're not um, behind. So... Deb, we're going to move it over to you. I just one thing I wanted to add about um, you know hopeful chefs also fulfill the mm-hmm. formerly the food bank of Monmouth and Ocean County. Mm-hmm. They have a cooking school as oh. well. If okay. especially if you can't afford uh, tuition at one of the the uh, other. Okay. You know, oh, local resources. That's good to yeah, know. yeah. They, As a resource, thank yeah. you for it's sharing. It's a great that. organization. Too. It really yeah. is. We and, work with them every year. And I know I hear from them, and I hear from um, the cooking schools at Brookdale and in mm-hmm. Asbury Park that the students leave and are immediately employed. Everyone yes. needs kitchen help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And it's actually, I mean, on what was it? Two days ago, I was at a meeting with the um, Monmouth County Labor Workforce Development, and we were reviewing the stats, statistics, and regarding Monmouth County, and which they tend to mimic Ocean County as well, in terms of the industry. What's the second industry? Number one industry. Food service. Yes, yeah. Food service and hospitality. You group those together, they go right into number two out of the top five. Right, right. You know, so. And it's a constant turnover for them, yeah. you know. And with the food service industry, it's also where are you doing it? Because number one industry was healthcare. Mm. Oh, and so we we need people to cook in absolutely, yeah. There's right? you know, and so and in, and in like the Wegmans and the mm-hmm. Shoprites, and everybody's got prepared food. So that that's where a lot of the students go as well, right? I mm-hmm. mean, for anyone who's listening to our podcast on Monday, once again, when we have Foodie Panur, one of our speakers um, is a buyer from Whole Foods. Whole Foods. Thank you. I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's gonna say Lawson is gonna tell me really, Jackie, you couldn't remember, <laughs> um, but I do. So. It is from Whole Foods, and you'll get a 
good rounded information. So what are your tips here? Okay, so I, you know, if you wanted to become a food writer, it's very hard to make a living as strictly a food writer. You're not going to, um, you know, retire off of a cookbook. Um, so what basically what my whole company is is it's marketing for restaurants and for and for other food related industries and other businesses as well. Um, but it within that you have to be a very good writer because with all of social media all, that's all we do every day is we're writing. And I think you also have to have um, a lot of tools in your toolbox. So it's not just writing. It's food photography. It's video. Um, it's you know storytelling skills. So we have every uh, semester we have an intern from Rutgers that works for Jersey Bites. Um, just learning how to put a story together, learning how to fact check, le- learning how to um, write about food. Um, so I would say education, absolutely. And there's, there are opportunities there if you're, if you're going to college, uh, you know, for journalism or for, for English writing. Um, there are food writing. We have, one of our interns now works for one of the major, I can't remember the show, in New York, um, Food Network or one of them. You know, um, there are opportunities out there for somebody that's passionate about food, but it's not going to get in the kitchen and cook, you know. Mm-hmm. Was that three? I don't know. No. Well, we have writing tools, storytelling, education, so you, and and yeah. photography too. Photography. You know, that's knowing um, how to take great pictures of food. Yeah, you have to. That's what visual. I teach the students. You definitely at, eat with your eyes. Yes, yes, and I teach the students at Fulfill. I go in and give them a one day lesson on how to take food photos because mm-hmm. I feel like as a chef, you want to present your food in the mm-hmm. best light on on your social and oh and also create your own social media platform so right now if you're in college mm-hmm. you know start that platform for yourself you know on instagram start taking pretty photos so that you can show an employer here this is what i do put yourself portfolio, out there i yes. guess portfolio to some yeah extent. like a like an yeah a public but, uh, portfolio right um mm-hmm. my daughter when she went to study abroad she went to italy mm-hmm. she came back a food snob and <laughs> a wine snob and that was okay mom was happy uh you know and one of the things that i told her if anything else i want you to write a blog about your experience mm-hmm. and her experiences centered around food Yes. Unintentionally. She One of my favorite books is Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah. And, the, and my favorite part is the eat part yeah. when she's in Italy. <laughs> so that's it. You know, and I, I looked at that and I was like, wow. And to this day, it's up. She doesn't use it. It's, But I'm, I went on it to show it to my class. And I said, you know, this is an example of a blog and how you can do it because it was done by a student. It is my daughter. Well, they're running ads on her blog. And I'm like. But this is her blog. Why are ads being generated on this thing? But it's an opportunity coming up with original content. Right. And right. her thing is, you know, her experiences, because it's more about travel. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the picture there she puts up is plenty of people food. making a living on travel writing, on food writing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and. And relate it. Yeah, so I feel like it, so much okay. of traveling is food. Yes, so I mean they I would call them food a pilgrims. Large her, yeah, a large part of her blog would be. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. There's there's food tourism is a mm-hmm. huge industry, um, and then there's food pilgrims, and those are people that actually go to find like these very unique food experiences that are kind of off the beaten track. You mm-hmm. know, I was just listening to a podcast yesterday, and there's a a town in Japan where they eat wasps. Ooh, wow. And it's a delicacy at the in the fall um, that they harvest these wasps and they eat them. And so that a food pilgrim would go to something like that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me there. I didn't know about a wasp. <laughs> 
I have to say. No, I, don't <laughs> I don't know if my palate could handle that, but... <laughs> I would definitely have to agree. I mean, all of my trips are kind of based around the cuisine, mm-hmm. you know? I went to mm-hmm. Thailand because I love Thai food. I went to Peru because I love ceviche. Right. You know, my next trip will be Italy, even though my family's there and I still haven't been there, which is <laughs> ridiculous, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's food. That's on my bucket list for sure. The center, yep. you know, for travel. And I like... Um, Definitely. You did make your three points. Thank uh, you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. You know, and why doing it? And to see that when it comes to the food service industry, it's not just about preparing food. There's different aspects to it. And if you have a love for food, there's some way you can get involved with food sure. and incorporate it. And we live in a world that I I love and that is that we are constantly changing. For some people, I'm an impetus of change. You say change, I'm like, Yay, hey, what are we doing? How are we gonna change it? How are we gonna make it better other people are like no status quo that's not me but because we are in the world that we live in i said the only thing you could count on right now is change and a lot has Mm -hmm. to do with technology and your ability to create more Mm -hmm. and do it yourself not having to utilize you know expensive tools in order to get it done and it's something that's feasible i mean we all walk around with mini computers in our hands that are you know they record for us they take pictures for us there's so much that we're able to do with this um, tool that we could create our own jobs and especially in the food service industry. So as we're getting ready to wrap this up, first I have to say thank you and I applaud both of you for coming out and being um, part of this podcast um, regarding Talk of Success, the podcast from NJSBDC at Brooklyn Community College. Um, I do want to remind everyone once again regarding our upcoming week, which is a national event, National Small Business Week. Our particular center is starting off that week by having our Foodiepreneur event. If you haven't registered, please take time, go on to our website, mosbdc.com, scroll down to the bottom, and you'll see a link there that'll tell you more about the wonderful panelists that we're going to have and how it's a great time, always is. <laughs> so just go in, sign up. Also, um, In addition to that, I do want to let you know that our NJSBDC uh, statewide, our headquarters, if you go onto their website, which is njsbdc.com, you can see the other events that our sister centers will be putting out during that week as well. I do want to highlight one, and that is Women Warriors, which is being held at TCNJ, and that is May 9th. If you are interested by all means, go on to the njsbdc.com website and register. Registration will close on Friday, I believe, for that particular program. Um, regarding the foodiepreneur, though, you could go on today, tomorrow, Saturday. You have until Sunday, but don't wait till Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> our numbers, I mean, once we reach our numbers, we will close the doors to make sure it's a safety thing. So you want to make sure you get in and you get a seat to this wonderful event. So in closing, I do want to share that more than half of the Americans either own or work in the small business. They create about two thirds of the three jobs in the U.S. every day. So imagine how powerful we are as small business owners. I'm an advocate of small businesses, of entrepreneurship, because I know that is what changes the world that we live in. Uh, For me, I feel everyone should have an entrepreneurial mindset. I'm pretty biased that way. And that's because we are all innovators in our own way. So finding what you have a passion for and deciding, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to remind you, come visit us at the NJSBDC. 
whether it's our center, whether it's our headquarters, visit us, see how is it that we can assist you. We are funded in part by the Small Business Administration, and what they do is they provide us with funding. They're the advocates on a federal level for the small business, excuse me, for small businesses. And as such, we're, they're using your tax dollars to help you. And how do they do that? By funding funneling it to us. I need to take it easy. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that being said, uh, once again, I am very grateful for A Shared Universe podcast studio for doing this for us. Um, Without them, thank you, Ming, on the other side there. (laughs) Um, Without them, like I said, um, I love technology, but no, I don't want to do this. I like coming in, putting on the headset, um, having the mics going on, not having to worry what's on The screen over there makes it a lot easier for us. It goes to show you the things that you could do. And knowing uh, for us, podcasts, because we are pretty innovative in our center, podcasting was the next step for us. So Very cool. It is. And I enjoy getting people here and getting on a podcast, if they haven't done it before, to share the experience because I think it's a phenomenal thing to do. So with that, once again... My name is Jacqueline Mejias-Fuertes. I am the Regional Director of the Small Business Development Center at Brookdale Community College, covering Monmouth and Ocean County. And don't forget, Foodiepreneur coming up on Monday. Make sure to register, get your seat for a phenomenal event that you don't want to miss. So thank you.